Hello, everyone. Welcome along to a special Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast, one that I don't think any one of us uh, thought we'd be recording quite so soon because the king has gone. Long live the king. Um, I'm Kev. As always, I've got the usual squad with me. Uh, James Cunliffe, the Lutonian journalist who's brought you all of this news this week. Uh, Trust Chairman Tony Murray, town fan uh, Dan Barrett-Davis. Obviously, Nathan Jones's departure is shocked. Uh, the club one well, perhaps not shocked us uh, to the point where we're recording now, but certainly did earlier in the week. Uh, coming up, I'll get the thoughts of all three on that departure, who they want to replace him and where the club's going to go going forward. But before I get the views of uh, the lads, uh, Gary Sweet gave a press conference on Friday morning where he outlined the events of the week uh, so far uh, from um, Southampton getting in contact with Nathan Jones right up to the present moment. We, we've been quite as, you know, transparent with, with the proceedings. Um, I think, uh, you know, clearly we, um, we knew a little bit before we made the announcement uh, at the beginning of the week. Um, we had the weekend with that knowledge uh always with these things because they're private and you know nathan wanted to um to have a a private conversation with southampton uh about that position um you know it it, it, we we wanted to keep some stability and keep it out of the press but there were some leaks on the south coast unfortunately um so we had to respond and let people know that we'd given him permission to, to to talk to Southampton, and we arranged for that to be um, on the Wednesday, which was because you know you, you, we were thick into a preparation for a game. Um, you know, we had a good chat with the players, and they were they were uh, they were okay with that. And there was a um, a good chance, I think, on the Wednesday that you know things wouldn't necessarily be be resolved, and he would be back taking Saturday's game as well so we didn't really have much of a choice on the Tuesday um, on uh, frankly on the Tuesday right until um, Thursday midnight Nathan was a Luton Town employee you know so uh, so you know but but actually you know we all felt here I mean you know Mick and everybody felt here that that you know everybody was up for the Tuesday game um, and and that's not what lost us it unfortunately yeah, I mean, look, the, the thing about this whole thing, James, is transparency. It's something that 2020 have lived off for their entire custodianship of the club. And they've done that again this week. Uh, and no Luton fan can certainly begrudge them of that. Uh, how, how have you seen the week as a whole? Well, I'm glad we're recording this a few days after the you know initial announcement. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I, I was raging, but I'm really unsatisfied with it all and i i still i still am i mean it's nothing to do with jones don't be wrong um not this time it's not the same as last time he's done nothing wrong all parties have behaved well it's not that it's more that it's more that i just i just don't think it should be allowed um i've expressed this view to a few people in recent days actually and the response i get is usually well, that's football or, you know, that's the way it's always been. So while I'm sort of a little reticent to express it in an audio recorded format I, and get the same response, I I do feel very strongly 
that just because something is the way that it is doesn't mean that we shouldn't want a fairer system or to um or to strive better um i, I should tell you why it's not fair um because without wishing to sound like a, a tetchy toddler stamping my feet Luton have done nothing wrong here in this situation in fact they've done everything right you know by that i mean you know they've given a manager in nathan jones his first step in management and they've backed him nurtured him you know welcomed him back for the second time for more of the same you know they've reaped the benefits they've prospered they've progressed every single year since he came but Luton have to be like they have to be innovative um which should be applauded, by the way, but they have to be innovative and work harder just to have a chance of competing on the same level as most of the other clubs in championship and for have a chance to get to the top flight, obviously. And what's their prize for that? They can have a manager who's done a lot of that, not all of it, a lot of that, and tempted away. And so Luton have to suffer because of another club failing. Um, you know, they Southampton did not have the right man in charge for them. And that is on them. And they should have to stick with that decision that they've made for the entire season. I feel very strongly about this. I think if a club cannot organise air in a paper bag, that is on them. Because Luton are the opposite. They're a very well-run club. But because Southampton was the richest league in the world, they can throw relatively small amounts of money at the problem to improve their situation while then destabilising Luton or potentially destabilising Luton. So I guess I feel like a tremendous amount of sort of injustice and dissatisfaction at a system that could reward hard work and good stewardship in the right way, but it absolutely doesn't. You know, I wrote... I wrote an opinion piece on Lutonian.com on Monday about how I think it's perfectly okay to feel simultaneously fine with Joan leaving and also not fine at all. And that's kind of, you know, where I'm at with it. I mean, I'm, I'm saddened that we don't get the end of the story, really. We had the beginning with the first time he was here. You know, we had the middle of him establishing Luton as a championship club. But we don't get the ending. We don't get the going to the Premier League with him at least he was supposed to be you know he signed a mammoth contract at the beginning of the year he was supposed to be the end of that story was supposed to be him guiding Luton into power court and the Premier League but you know he was always going to go I guess but and I've got no problem with him wanting to further his ambitions everyone listening would you would I would if presented with a promotion and buckets more cash, I mean that's just it's 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 human nature, of course. But so no, no malice there at all. Um, no malice with him at all for the whole situation, really. But he, you know, he's been rewarded. I wish him well. And at present, Southampton have been rewarded. But Luton are well, they're in a little bit of limbo, really. You know, I, I was in the I was in that press with Gary Sweet and Mick Harper and. You know, there's all these positives, positive noises uh, about what comes next. And I um, I genuinely hope that they get it right. But again, the world isn't sort of, it's not black and white and I'm not really into the sort of 
Twitterification of di- discourse where you have to be in one camp or the other. I think it's perfectly acceptable to be both optimistic in one moment while in the next worry, worrying that maybe this time it's not going to go the way we want. You know, and that's from, that's from, you know, I believe that the way that Luton Town Football Club operates is a credit to the game in this country. And I think, you know, the way that you should treat people and behave is largely reflected in the club on and off the pitch. But there, you know, there's a certain sort of intangible magic about Nathan Jones and Luton Football Club as a partnership. And my concern is that, you know, while I don't think it's replicable per se, my concern is sort of how do you kind of match it or build on it? And, um, you know, as I said, as I wrote in that piece, you know, despite all the revisionism, Graham Jones was entirely the right choice at the time, but it didn't work out. And it's, you know, whereas Jones did work out, uh, Nathan Jones, that is. Um, and now, obviously, I appreciate that Luton are a club in a better position now than when Graham was at the helm. Um, and so the parameters have changed, really. You know, and I, I spoke to him a lot, actually. I generally enjoyed his company. He thought he was a good guy, but it, it just didn't work with him. So 2020 now have a massive decision. Because they, they've, got, they've really got two appointments right, and that's John Steele and, and Nathan Jones. And, uh, you know, I was heartened to hear about all the planning and stuff going into getting the new boss. But, you know, you can do all the planning and analysis in the world, I think. But I'm not sure it's much good when it comes down to something that's almost hocus pocus, really, into whether it works or not. So I'm kind of begging <laughs> to have those concerns completely obliterated, really. I, you, know, I was, you know, to coin a jones term i categorically want to see those words proved uh completely unfounded and i'll sort of lap it up if i'm wrong but i raise it really because i've just been feeling pretty uneasy about it all really and i guess you know the usual cliches apply on whatever but you know whatever the unwavering optimists are drinking or smoking i'd like a piece of that <laughs> because uh, i mean it, it seems it seems silly to say this because I'm a grown man and it's just a fucking game, <laughs> but it's almost like a it's almost like a grief reaction. I think. I mean, there are like there are what are there seven stages of grief, and I'm sure not all are applicable here. But I've done shock and disbelief, I've done um, denial, I've done anger, and I've done bargaining. I think I've done depression. I'm not in the not in the clinical sense. I don't want to like devalue anyone's experience who suffers from it that way. So let's say more down in the dumps. But I've done that and I think I'm probably on the working through it stage. But the last stage, acceptance, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can get to acceptance because I just think that I just don't believe in the system that allows this to happen. Um, so there you go, boys. I've got it off my chest. Can I get off the shrink's chair now? <laughs> <laughs> it's a risk either way though isn't it I mean on the one hand you know Nathan going yeah it's, it's, a, it's a knock and a huge blow for us as Luton fans and for the football club itself despite the opportunity he's been, been given which is a great opportunity let's face it but on the other hand you know could this next appointment be the next bigger thing and we can like we did with John still just 
not forget about what Nathan done, but he sort of gets put in, becomes a part of the history, and we just sort of think, oh yeah, I remember them days. They were good days, like like with John Still, the good days with John Still we had, mm. etc. So it it may work like it. it's a risk though, isn't it? It is uh, part of it. I mean, I've I've been through this a few times. I mean, when um, Going back, I can, I can remember Harry Haslam leaving us for Sheffield United and nobody wanted him to go. And and then when David Pleat went to Tottenham. Um, but each time um, when we've had a, a, a great manager, we, we've actually um, improved. Yeah. I mean, we had our, our best period of success um, when Pleat left the first time. Yeah. So... Um, you know, I suppose and, it's and the that, relative, that, isn't that it? Really? Yeah, but I yeah, mean, I'm, my, I'm, for my age, I'm not, he, I mean, he's been the best manager in my other life, so it's like, yeah. but I'm not disappointed. Um, I, well, no, that's not strictly true. The, 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 the one thing that's disappointing me is Alan Sheehan leaving, um, uh, because I thought he, he would stay with the club, he wouldn't walk out on us, but you know, if you're given, given a brilliant opportunity, that's fine, but. Yeah. It's it, it, it's a fact of life and it's part of football that, you know, you start to have a bit of success as a club and it happens to any club. Um, you know, you have a, a really good manager, um, bigger clubs further up the ladder come sniffing and, and looking at them. And it's the same with your players. It's usually the players that it happens to. Yeah. But the thing what we've got to remember uh, and trying to stay positive in this is that Luton are a really good prospect for an up-and-coming manager a, a tremendous position um you know there's a good board there who are willing to work with the manager and do things the right way so you know it, 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 the, the door's open for somebody to come in and be an absolute hero yeah i think tony oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's an important point actually tony so often when a manager comes into a club it's struggling a la where nathan jones is going uh, to southampton that's not the case here the opportunity for someone and it's down to the board to pick the right person. But the opportunity for someone is massive. And who knows? Maybe there's a better Nathan Jones out there who hasn't yet been untapped, who we're about to untap, who um, mm. who can take us to the next level. You know, it, it's it's um, it's an exit. I, I get James's point. I, I really do get James's point. It, there's there's disappointment that the story wasn't finished. I mean, obviously, we we were so close to it potentially being finished last summer, and by not finishing it, we left the door open to this situation happening. But at the same time, it's it's also an exciting time because the next story might be even better than the one that we've just lived, and um, and you know that's down to down to twenty twenty to um, to ensure that that is the case, and I'm sure that they will do. Um, I mean, James. In fact, everyone's spoken a lot about. Um, the next, the next man, the process, and everything else. Uh, also, in that press conference that Gary gave on Friday morning, he outlined everything, all the planning, and everything that's gone into the next manager. And here's what he had to say about that. With no disrespect to Nathan, and in fact, he he kind of even knew this was going on. That we've been tracking managers for two, three years. So, uh, you know, we 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 now do. We actually implement a very similar model to the way we we um, we recruit and identify players coming in we um, we've been doing the same thing with with managers with regards to the way they play um, their you know even their some of their character traits uh, their, their you know their media presentation you know it's quite important actually um, having you know to deal with you you guys there so 
<laughs> so it, we you know, <laughs> so but all of these things we we've been tracking. We've got you know really strong due diligence profiles on on a lot of people, and uh, and so we were we were more than ready when it happened anyway. Because and that's not not to to, to suggest to anyone that we were expecting this to happen necessarily. Yeah. Uh, but it happens, <laughs> you know. So why would you not be prepared? Shock horror! Manager leaves a football club. You know, uh, it, it happens. You know, so where we're we're really blessed and we're fortunate. We've got got a great team of, of you know um, of recruitment staff that that do this for players and can do this for managers. So why not? And so we we've been more than ready. Um, we're, we're in a fantastic position. Um, a uh, a very very well known and well respected um, football agent who who um, who we get on very well with has, has called this a, he said he couldn't believe quite believe it but this looms a sexy project now you know so this is this is we're we're actually one of the if you think when clubs are looking for a new manager it's normally because they get rid of the manager and actually they're languishing in the bottom half of the table probably lower than that. <laughs> we're in a very very strong position so we're actually we are really in an attractive proposition and we we talk to people more about premier league football than league one i can assure you and that's that's the that's the ambition that we're going to continue uh, and that's the profile of the person that will will take those reins so i guess from that then guys i mean there was an awful there's an awful lot of information to sort of process there i mean <coughs> uh, initially in that chat gary said that he's got four weeks to um to look at it to get everything sorted then he then he kind of very quickly said that he wants it all sorted if possible by this time next week he also said that other clubs will have four weeks should we take someone out of work which would suggest that we're not taking anyone from league one or league two and then finally he closed he's kind of left the door wide open for someone uh similar to what nathan jones was when we employed nathan jones i.e not really heard of too much outside of Brighton uh, from a coaching point of view, but who very quickly we all realised was um, quite something as a coach. So maybe that route is there to be explored. I mean, James, there's a lot of names gone round uh, already on social media and everything everything else. There was a report earlier in the week that we were in contact with Neil Critchley and Mark Bonner, Neil Critchley, former um, Blackpool manager, who uh, recently got sacked as Stephen Gerrard's number two. Uh, Mark Bonner, Cambridge United manager. Uh, Steve Robinson's the current bookmaker's favourite, obviously former Motherwell manager, knows Alan Campbellwell, current St Mirren manager. He would fit into that, giving St Mirren four weeks to replace him, line that Gary came out with earlier. And then there are one or two others that have also done the rounds. I mean, a lot of social media talk about Sean Dyche, but he closed the door on that on Thursday. How do you see this sort of situation progressing? Are you, uh, do you expect us to employ another Nathan Jones, i.e. young coach coming through the system? Or do you expect us to um, take someone who's got a little bit more coaching experience this time, just purely because the Graham Jones experiment didn't really work? Yeah, it didn't work. But, you know, there's reasons for that. You know, that up in the championship for the first time, everybody finds it a bit hard. And, um, you know, they just lost Nathan Jones, manager, albeit, you know, few months before and it was making them up. So it's a different situation this time. I think I think that's why I thought that's why I mentioned Graham Jones earlier, because I think it, 
it's the right situation, the right appointment, the right philosophy to go for something like that. It's just whether it works or not. And I'm not so sure. I'd be listen. I'd be lying um, if I said I knew anything about the managerial qualities of any of those other managers. I really would because I follow Luton. I don't follow these other clubs. I don't care about what they do if they're not at Luton or not playing Luton. I don't watch what their formations are like or how they play. I just, I just don't. I mean, it all hands up. To, fair play to anybody that does or anybody that claims to. Um, but you know, my my interests are very narrow in that regard. You know, I've heard good things about Critchley, um, but I've also heard that he likes to be a coach. Um, and I, I guess he's got championship experience, so that might be why he's up there towards the top of the bookies' favourites. But I'm trying to think back to when. Graham Jones came and when Nathan Jones came, and I think they all came out of the blue, didn't they? I think that they were just completely off the radar of of the, the so-called bookmakers who tend to go for players that have links um, quite often with the club, which is probably why you get Steve Robinson. Again, I, he may be good, he may be not, but I just I don't watch Scottish football, no idea. Um, I, I, my only thing is that I... And, and I took Gary's point today that they are looking at all angles in terms of personality, character. He even mentioned how he deals with the media, which is, you know, it's not it's not not a concern of mine because Nathan Jones is as well as all the other good qualities, very good, very good copy, as we say. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, so I'm glad they're looking at all those angles, and I I hope that they've got some tricks up their sleeves that we just don't know about. And like you, Kev that they find Nathan Jones, not necessarily Nathan Jones Mark II. I, I don't think what he does and what he represents is, you know, 100% replicable. I mean, maybe you don't want that. Maybe you want something else. Maybe you need something better to, to progress Luton for the next stage. Who knows? But um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the stage where it's only a couple of days away and I've not been able really to turn my attention to it in any sort of... Uh, wholehearted sense because I'm just still kind of annoyed about the, the, the situation that it can happen. Well, I mean, it's certainly an interesting week to come. Dan, has the next man got to have a history with the club? Uh, not necessarily, no. Um, so I've just, just got the latest thoughts in front of me. Straight away, Steve Robinson, ex-player, Graham Alexander, ex-player, Nick's always linked with it. Anybody yeah, let's rule that out. Mick yeah, rules yeah. that out. It's yeah, one game Anybody one game knows. Only. Yeah, mm-hmm. anybody who knows Nick knows it's definitely not happening. And then further down the line, you've got Sean Dyche as well. But there's still, I mean, I'm a little bit with James there in terms of I don't really know too much about other managers. Like further down, like I know very little about Mark Bonner other than he's the Cambridge manager and they seem to be doing quite well in League One. That's it. Um, but yeah, no, it, I, I think it's got to be whoever comes in has got to sort of. This mini pre-season hits, like sort of hit the ground running with the players in terms of get to know them, what they're like and stuff, um, and then sort of going from there, knowing sort of it's very difficult really to answer. You know, you sort of go from there, and you know, it, it's a risk whichever way you look at it. I mean, I don't necessarily think a former player is the right way to go. I'm not against it. Um, I just. I, 
box. I just don't think sometimes you have to go outside the box, don't you? Think a little bit outside the box. With Gary suggesting that that's that's where they're heading towards. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a massive curveball in there, and I wouldn't be totally against it. Is Emma Hayes is in there? I mean, could, that's could the only one I've been excited by, Dan. That's really? the only one I've been excited. I genuinely, I think she's yeah. an absolutely fantastic football brain. Yeah. Um, and I've got, I've got, I only got that from the, the Women's European Championship where she was uh, commentating. Yeah. But no, she, she wiped the floor with the male co- pundits. Uh, her knowledge and her tactical now. So not only that, her ability to explain it to plebs like me on the television. <laughs> and that's the only one I've heard. I'm, I'm almost certain it's a non-starter and it's a bit of an internet rumour. But when I heard yeah. it, I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah, Plebs no, like you, remind me why I got you on this podcast to begin with. It, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. Unfortunately, I believe she's got her own health issues at the moment, hasn't she? So I would imagine that that would take her out of the equation even uh, were we to look down that groundbreaking route. Tony, you see many managers come, you see many managers go. And the good thing about this one, I guess, is the timing of it. Maybe not to the extent that basically we've completely balled Tuesday night up, didn't we, as a result of this. And um, mm. we've all got our views on the fact that he shouldn't have been in the dugout on Tuesday. Or oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. It, this should have been sorted out long before Tuesday night's game rather than him being in the dugout. But... Um, we do have four weeks after Saturday. So, you know, it's almost like we're recruiting someone in the summer, albeit the temperatures outside probably won't tell you that. So in terms of the timing, this is it's obviously a like better than the last time he left. But um, what kind of, what, what kind of, uh, let me phrase this, what, what kind of style are you looking for the next manager to have? Because there's an awful lot of, I mean, you look at the names that are on the list and the ones that I just gave you earlier. I mean, you've got Sean Dyche, very much known for a direct style of football. Chris Wilder, ditto. And then you've got a couple of others. Steve Robinson apparently plays good football. Neil Critchley's just come from, or, or recently uh, come from Liverpool's academy and you don't play crap football there, do you? So is the style as important as the man himself? I think so. Um, Luton have always been known for playing football the correct way. And... Uh, under Nathan, that had changed slightly. I mean, we can play good football, but we we can be very direct as well when we need to be. I mean, you I could think, have argued that we've gone a little bit too direct this season, haven't you? So maybe mm, from that point of view, a change is as you know, it could, could be a breath of fresh air. I mean, there, 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 there's also got to be some consistency because. Um, I, I, you know, the thing that I'd like that Nathan has brought in is the team spirit. That's that's got to keep rolling forward, and plus the fact that we were very very hard to beat as well. And and you know you could say I'm not not so much Tuesday night, but on Saturday, um, the, the players were practically dying for the shirt. You know the way they were throwing themselves in front of the ball and and and, and making blocks and everything. And I think that's got to continue. So whoever comes in has, has got to have that right approach and be able to maintain that um and i i think 2020 will carry that on because as i said they don't want any bag bad eggs at the club and no egos and you've got a group of players that will pull together i'm sure you know a new manager will want to put their own stamp on it and i mean ideally i'd love to see the club getting back to uh, playing the type of football that david pleat did in the you know 1979 to 84 side but uh, that 
that's uh, that's more of a dream than anything else in modern football. But um, no, I, I, as long as the yeah, a new manager can come in, try new things, new tactics, and everything else. But um, generally, not so direct as such, but start to play a bit more football. That's why I'd, I'd like to see somebody like Critchley. And I guess also with Critchley, the fact that he did have such a prominent role in Liverpool's academy would also help him, therefore, nurture our own academy uh, further forward. Yeah. There's obviously, it hasn't come out yet, but there's obviously, you know, concerns amongst fan base, uh, journalists, and everything else that Paul Hart will be, um, be moved on purely because of his mm. relationship with Nathan Jones. And we, we obviously hope that's not the case. Uh, and who knows, who knows, we might find out he's at RAGM on um, Thursday night, isn't he? So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, James, I mean, we're looking for a motivator, aren't we? First and foremost, you have to, you have, in modern football, you have to be a motivator. You look at all the dinosaurs that are slowly fading their way out of the game. They're fading their way out of the game because their message is stale, old, tired, boring. And just not very enthusiastic. You look at recent championship before uh, championship appointments. We spoke in the last podcast about how impressed we all were with Mick Beale at QPR, not just because he turned Wolves down, but just the style and the manner of the guy. Obviously, since then, Middlesbrough have appointed Michael Carrick. There seems to be this kind of trend forming uh, Birmingham with John Eustace as well, probably from the days that Derby County took Frank Lampard on. That this these young coaches that are recently out of football. Uh, are the ones to get straight back in and, and kind of modernise the game, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it seemed that way. I think, um, you've, I mean, when you're talking Premier League, you've got absolute quality there, really, and it's probably a man management job and the tactics. I think there's a little bit more to it, maybe, in the Championship. Ultimately, Luton are a team that is more than the sum of its parts, and they there's no superstars so to speak there's some really top performers but the the one of the real successes to Nathan Jones to get them all playing to their absolute maximum and he always and he frequently said that if Luton aren't at it then they'll be punished you saw that at Stoke um, they have to be at it from, from minute one to the final whistle um, so it's almost like a, yeah, it's a motivating job, I think, in, in terms of this current squad of Luton Town. Um, if you can get them or keep them in the same mindset and position that, that Nathan Jones has, then that's probably half the battle. I mean, listen, Nathan Jones wasn't perfect. Let's, let's be honest about it. I mean, the, the Stoke game is uh, that point in microcosm. When Luton go up, behind away, particularly away, I'm talking now, it's been over a year since they've got anything from the game. So that needs to change. That's a thing that needs to come in. So there's obviously some belief married with some changing tactics that needs to be employed to rectify that situation because it's almost, it's the inevitable now if Luton let a goal in and you almost know that nothing's going to happen because it's gone on for so long. So, um, but if they take the good points to Nathan Jones and find somebody that can um, have a view on points such as those and, and other points where perhaps he wasn't so strong, then that's almost like the, that's the golden ticket, isn't it? It's just, it's just finding the golden ticket. That's the hard part. I mean, I think the important thing was that Gary stressed in that press conference earlier that even when Nathan was here, they were looking 
for the next manager. So this isn't going to be a plucked out on a whim sort of thing. Oh, Christ, we've got to get someone in the next week. Here's the top five and let's pick one. This, this is a genuine, proper process that's been going on for an awful long time, very much like Graham Jones was when he came along. And obviously we all hope that the next the next man has an awful lot more success than Graham Jones. But, you know, at the same time, it is right to point out that Graham Jones was recruited as a League One manager and chucked into the championship without his two best players. So there are different um, different sides to, to every single decision that is made. Uh, Dan, if I was to give you uh, the checkbook and uh, the keys to the management office, uh, who are you installing? Um, well... He's already ruled himself out, but I'd have gone with Sean Dyche purely because of the job he did at Burnley. Burnley 10 years ago, very similar to what where we are now. Um, we all got money to throw at people. Um, that was ambitious. We want to get to the top. And Sean did, Dyche did that. But, um, he had a loan spell with us. Obviously, there's a connection there. So he, he would have been my first choice. Um, looking at it, looking at who's been linked with it, there aren't many that are sticking out to me like I said earlier I'm not I'm not overly clued on clued up on a lot of them I don't really want a journeyman manager um, I think even Rob Edwards might be another one um, I, th- I, th- I think what would be even better if we get Rob Edwards and he does a brilliant job it shows that lot down the road their system's crap and doesn't work and that'll be a massive twos up at them um I don't know. Yeah, Sean Dyche would have been my first choice, to be fair. I, th- I think that's, yeah, I, I can't think of anybody else really that I'd, I'd have absolutely no issues. Maybe Wilder as well. Then he's, he's done a brilliant job with Northampton a few years back and Sheffield United and turned them into a really good side. So maybe him. Yeah, yeah the I'll thing know. the thing with Wilder as well, he plays three at the back, doesn't he? So we wouldn't need to change yeah. too much of the, yeah. The formation that we've got, that is assuming that when we come back from the international break, we have three central defenders that are actually fit, got two legs and a breath and can actually play, which we clearly haven't got at the moment. Tony, if I was to give you the chance to employ anyone, who would you employ? I've already mentioned Critchley. I quite like him. Um, I was thinking about it as well. The the guy, Liam Richardson, is just uh, left Wigan. He would seem to be the same sort of character. Um, and he, he, he worked wonders for Wigan and it just didn't work out for him there but um, those, those would be two as long as we don't get somebody like Graham Wesley or Steve Evans I'll be happy mate yeah I think we I think we can officially rule those two out of the uh, the equation if they ring in to put their uh, CVs in I don't even think they get through to the girl on reception who gives the old beach path announcement out on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon um, do they, they, do. I'll tell you what Gary O'Neill's quite an, an, an interesting shout as well but it just depends upon what happens with Bournemouth doesn't it it does it to be Russian do they yeah, no it does yeah. that was another name that I, that's been doing the rounds hasn't it and uh, I think he's gone down the I'm not talking about that route which suggests that mm-hmm. there might even be some mileage in it. James, um, you can't get out of it. I don't care if you don't know about anyone else who, uh, you know, I've given you, I give you the floor. You can employ anyone. Uh, obviously, Pep Guardiola is probably out of our price range but apart from that, who are you, uh, who are you sticking in the hot seat? Do you know what? Even if you said you could have Pep Guardiola, I, I, he's totally unproven against with managing a team that, that aren't absolute superstars. So, yeah. You can dark him off right straight away. But, um, <laughs> you know what? This is this is the thing. I am. I want 
Luton to go and find somebody that I've never heard of. I want them to have done so much work and into this and find somebody that none of us are discussing here with all the names that are currently on the table. And I want that man to be a success. I also think that doing that is a risk, but I think it's a risk worth taking to carry on the progressive way that this club is run. So, yeah, I, I want somebody that I've never heard of, but I want that person to be the right man. So just to pick you up on that, a risk in terms of the fact that the story is at a level where we're ready to go to the next step as opposed to, you know, potentially falling a little bit, not not a risk in, oh, we're going to get relegated and we're, it's like Southampton are taking a risk with Nathan Jones. It's not that kind of risk, is it? It's just that literally we're in such a good position and the risk is that we kind of fall off of that good position kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, there's lots of aspects to that, I suppose, isn't there? The, the, on the one hand, we're all, you know, this season was supposed to be about progression from last season, which was uh, once again finished in the playoffs and a little bit higher than, than they had done. And obviously that's still on the cards. But I think you might have to accept that somewhere along the line, it might have to be a bit of um, uh, trying to stabilise and getting used to it. And maybe that might not be in the cards this season. I hope I'm completely wrong. I hope it's an absolute success in, in all of these things. So I don't think, I'm not saying a risk in, in terms of the um, the wheel's going to fall off to such an extent that Luton are going to be in trouble. But the conventional football thinking is that if you want to uh, get out of the championship or you want to prosper in the Premier League, if you get there, is that you've got to have somebody that's done it before. And so that that's what that's probably where I'm saying is the risk. But that's just conventional football thinking. And maybe it needs some thinking outside the box and needs some different approach to it. And maybe you just can't keep going along this particular line of thinking, which is why... You know, Steve Bruce is always in a job somewhere because that's what the owners of that, that particular club that employs him for those five minutes is thinking that he's a safe pair of hands. And, you know, I don't necessarily subscribe to those thinking. I think you've got to be innovative. And I've said that Luton are. I think that they are. And so I think that there's there's going to be lots of people out there who do want to be managers who are currently coaches and doing good stuff, just as Nathan Jones was just as Graham Jones was, that uh, it's, you know, it's worth taking a punt on if he's backed and he's given that time, um, maybe the, the rest of this season. Let's not forget that when Jones, Nathan Jones came in and, and took over their mid-table in League 2 and nothing happened that season. It was just getting used to the club, didn't it? And then it potentially should have gone up the next season, obviously, but it was that flow of heartbreak. And then everything else since has been you know, wonderful. Um, so yeah, it, may, it, may, it may be just that realisation, really, that, yeah. that you may have to be a bit, bit um, pragmatic about uh, the changeover. Yeah, we're and only going to know risk that. Sometimes risks are worth taking. Yeah, exactly. We're only going to know that once we know the name of the person involved, aren't we? I mean, you know, you've got two ways of thinking of it. The last time you left, we barely lost another game, got promoted. It's, you, no one knows. If everyone knew how football was going to play out, we wouldn't be interested in it, would we? Because it'd be pretty boring. It'd be even more boring than sometimes it already is. Final thoughts, then, Jack. Stan, your final thought, uh, both on Nathan Jones, what he's done at the club, the legacy he's left, and uh, his potential successor. Right. Um, in terms of Nathan, yeah, obviously you wish him well. I think he um, 
you know, good luck to him. It's, it, it was a job he really couldn't turn down. Good luck to him because we're on a right bunce if he keeps them up as well. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, on the money. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to take too much notice of Southampton. Um, certainly not, not too much more than I would have anyway, which is very little. I'll probably watch. I'll watch match of the day in the week while I'm doing the, the chores. Um, so that's as little or as much notice as I take of the Premier League anyway, um, and it's not going to change just because of Nathan Jones. Um, you know, I, I think he's done wonders, like James just said. We were 18th for League Two when he first came in. He's, you know, got us to the. We were top of League One when he left the first time. Bottom of the Championship when he came back and he saved us. We saved his career in turn. I don't think we owe him anything, and I don't think he owes us anything. Uh, please, not third spell though. I think that's got to be it. You know, I, I think that door needs to be firmly shut. Not, not because, not because of any bitterness or anything. Far from it. I think. He's moved on from us, and we've moved on from him, and that's that's how I firmly see see that. I think you know you can you can have so much of a good thing. You can't be a Barnet and have Martin Allen every six months just because the previous other manager doesn't work out. You can't keep doing that. Um, <clears throat> you've got to create your own way and create your own paths. And when that, when that door shuts, you've got to open another one up for someone else. And it's a brilliant opportunity for any young up-and-coming manager who really wants to test himself. I mean, the project is there. It's well underway and it's the club's on its way up. You know, it's, it, from an outsider's point of view, a lot of people tell me that Luton have no right to be up where they should be, where they are at the moment because of how small we are and how little budget, which is bollocks because it's 11 against 11 on the football field and we get it right quite a lot, quite a lot of the time. Um, so it's a great opportunity for somebody young and up and coming I think to come in and I actually trust the board to get it right um, I think we're I think we're in safe hands it's not like we've got a Vincent Tan who will just employ any old journeyman um, I'm not picking Vincent Tan out as, a, as an individual or anything I'm, I'm more going down the route of you know the, the football club always identifies with the supporters and they're very much on the same wavelength as the supporters whereas people like him aren't they're like oh he's good bang Let's go like the old championship manager thing. Just oh, bang, he's good. Bye. Um, so yeah, I, listen. As long as as long as we get it right, like James said, as a fan, that's what you want. You just want them to get it right, and I trust they will because they know what Luton Town needs, and uh, everyone's going to have the different opinions on who the right man is. And yeah, like I said earlier, that should be ideal, but it's, it, that's not happening. Uh, so yeah, just go with whatever. And yeah, let's, no, let's I agree. Yeah, I agree on the on. on the Nathan Jones situation. He's fifty next birthday. We're now kind of getting into the sort of levels of he's no longer a young enough, you know, young manager for Luton Town. It's you know, yeah. of course, we'd have been more than happy for him to see now his contract here. But I don't think we're in the situation where we're employing fifty-year-olds. So unless we're in a serious dire situation again. I don't see that. I mean, Tony, final thoughts from you again on Nathan, the legacy he's left, the work he's done and his successor. I think overall he's been good for us. Um, he, without a shadow of a doubt, helped to get the club to the level it is at the day. Uh, as it is today. Um, and as Dan said, we've been good for him. He's been good for us. Um, I think he certainly helped to build the the spirit of the club and the, the team ethic we've got. Um, 
I, I, I don't think he'll probably get the the backing that he's had from 2020 here. I think uh, he's in a different game now. But I wish him all the best. I hope it works out for him. Um, but I, I also agree that uh, there should be no third term from him now. The door's shut. We need to move on uh, and progress differently. And, and hopefully... Uh, We'll get the right man in and, and we'll continue to progress. But uh, cheerio, Nathan, and thanks. Yeah, indeed. Uh, James, I'll leave the final word with you being the wordsmith <laughs> of the quartet uh, that, that's here. I mean, you'll, you'll be able to sum up his legacy. I guess all relationships eventually come to a kind of divorce. This one's amicable, um, but there's no doubt in the work that he's done here. No, um, I it's it's pretty much thanks for the memories really because you know for the best part of six years it's been outrageously good fun and that's kind of where you know you've, you know he's talking about you, you mentioned relationships there and <laughs> you grieve relationships and things move on so you disappoint and that's why i sort of say that because it's just been you know success us after success um you know, relatively speaking, obviously not Man City, but it, it, it's been it's just been so much fun. Um, you know, the way he plays, so much fun. His antics, um, the things he says to us in the press afterwards, uh, the way he's helped galvanise the club and bring this unity together. And it's not it's not a recent thing. I mean, it's it's from that League Two season. And and remember, everybody always talks about the Notts County thing where they all stood in the pit. It's that sort of stuff. So thanks for the memories. Um, I also don't think that there will be a third term because he's now in the realms of the Premier League where he almost can't fail in one way or the other. He either is a professional success and he goes on to be a great manager. If not, it's going to be absolutely loaded. So I think he's in a <laughs> different, he'd be in a different bracket than what Luton can do to attract him. I think the only possible rate, the way he comes back, if he happens to be a success, um, is that Luton get in the Premier League. And then to change the manager once he's there means that to change the manager once there means that you're doing something wrong and so that things aren't going well so I just don't see a situation where he comes back but um, you know I wish him all the best and um, yeah it's been one hell of a ride yeah no I would agree with that uh, we'll finish off this podcast then I mean Nathan if you're listening to this we thank you wholeheartedly for the uh, rise that you've taken our club on we thank you eternally for the saviour in that Covid season when you came back no one else would have kept the club in the championship. I think we're all agreed on that. We thank you for the journey you took us on last season. It was a memorable ride. We won't forget that for a long time. And indeed, the journey that we've been on this season. It's been fantastic. Um, all the best at Southampton. We wish you well. We hope that there's plenty more cash coming in our coffers, courtesy of your success. And uh, until past meet again, thanks for everything. Um, thanks for listening to this podcast. We will be back during the international break at some point we will probably coincide it with when an announcement is made on the new manager uh, i'll test the waters and see if i can get a chat with whoever that person is so that we can bring you some um, up-to-date information with regards to the successor and we'll look ahead to uh, what's going to be a busy stage of the season and um, between the restart after the world cup 
and the January transfer window opening. Uh, obviously, if you've got a Sky TV subscription, you'll be able to watch pretty much every game because we're on it plenty over Christmas. But until then, gents, thanks very much for your insights. And um, those of you that have an interest in the World Cup, obviously we all do with Ethan Horvath and Tom Lockyer going and congratulations to both on their call-ups, both very well-deserved. Enjoy that tournament as much as you can. And until that successor is appointed, uh, thanks for listening and uh, goodbye.